Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danka and Bharati Jagdish. Uh, it is time now for Why It Matters, where we're talking about something that's quite close to the heart for both of us uh, because we have fall at one point or another in this bracket, we both brackets, uh, self-employed persons <laughs> and women. Yes, exactly. Correct, right, right. I think yeah. I'm both. <laughs> yeah. I'm in right sense, now, you are a self-employed. Your own contractor, in, sense, in that sense, right? Yeah, in okay, a sense. Okay. I mean, I do have like okay. CPF-related proper employment with sure, one company, sure. but I'm also self-employed in other respects, and I'm a woman. Uh, as we transit to the endemic phase after the last two years of COVID-19, I think livelihoods remain the mm. core concern of workers in general. Mm. But especially for these two groups, because they are seen as vulnerable workers. And if we look at the facts, they do they do fall into that category. Of course, yeah. of course. You know, for over six decades, NTUC's focus has always been on our workers, uh, particularly the vulnerable, their role. You see now how it's more important than ever because we're trying to recover. And we have Budget 2022 that's coming up this Friday. So what is NTUC hoping to see come out from it? And especially when it comes to supporting the self-employed and women. Yeah, certainly. And of course, within these groups, there are subgroups as well. Yeah, So we have to be careful about how we talk about the ones who are truly vulnerable. Mm. We're joined now by Yo Wan Ling, Director of USME and You Women and Family NTUC. She'll be helping us out. Good morning, Wan Ling. Good morning and Happy New Year. <laughs> Well, Happy New Year to you as well, Wan Ling. And I think this is a very, very topical issue. The focus of NTUC, I know, has always been on workers, especially the vulnerable ones. So let's talk about these two groups of workers. Why have these two groups in particular been identified for focus during this budget, 2022? Well, I think, right, a lot of it has to do with what has happened over the COVID period. And this has actually brought up certain vulnerabilities in the types of workers that we have. I think, right, one of the things you had talked about just now was about how the NTUC has always been here for our workers. So during COVID, one of the things that has come out is about retrenchment, livelihoods and lives that are affected by retrenchment. And over at the NTUC, over the last couple of years, this is something that we have been looking at. We have been making sure that our retrenched workers are fairly represented, but also at the same time, that after life of the retrenchments, what happens, whether or not it is about matching them with jobs or at the same time, upskilling them so that they can get back to the workforce. I think within this itself, there was one thing that we did, and that was actually launching the Job Security Council. And, well, I would say over the last two years, this has been quite successful. We have about 10,000 companies on board with us, and we actually have helped to place more than 32,000 workers. Now, the last two years has also brought up certain other vulnerable workers segments of of the workforce. And one of them is actually in the area of self-employed workers. Within this, there would be two types. I think, right, generally as the gig economy evolves, there are workers who are working on platforms and the workers, right, who are non-platform gig workers. In the area of the platforms, we have seen a slow evolution um, to workers who um, are a little bit more 
less healthcare and a little bit more like a worker. Yeah. And we are also seeking ways in which we can better represent such workers. Mm. On the non-platform ones, um, this is something that perennially we have also seen that because you're an individual, a lot of times when people are doing businesses with you, they tend to deprioritize you when it comes to payments and all that. And I would say this is something that we have been looking quite a bit at, at as a progressive labor movement. For instance, there is a association under us called the National Instructors and Coaches Association. As you know, COVID-19 has stopped a lot of people from coming to do events or even schools from getting coaches, you know, instructors to come and teach the kids. But it is a form of livelihood to them. And so what, you know, is going to happen to them. So it is something that we have been uh, working with schools, representing the workers in this space to ensure that they're properly paid. Also, at the same time, on women, well, I think, Radia, you talked just now, and indeed, I think women with the whole work-from-home arrangements and all that, it has brought tailwinds for us. But also, at the same time, it has also caused us concern, females' concern, with the work-from-home arrangements, particularly in the um, areas of us balancing out what we are doing, our responsibilities at home, with the kind of progression that we're looking in the workplace. Mm. So I think, right, this is something that the unions are also fighting a little bit more for. We are very happy with um, how flexible work arrangements have finally been adopted by, I would say, majority of the companies in Singapore. But also at the same time, what happens after you adopt flexible work arrangements? Is there like, you know, a right to stop working, you know, Mm. after a particular time? Is there like a right to fair treatment when it comes to performance appraisals, you know, because there are groups of people who find themselves in a quantum where some of their colleagues are working from home and some of their workers, uh, some of their colleagues are working in the office where the boss is. Yeah. So these are all very, pra- uh, very practical and very, I would say, on the ground kind of concerns that's faced by workers and what is it that the unions are doing to assist um, on this front. Yeah, one thing I, I want to zoom into a particular point you brought up. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I, I agree with everything you've said. Uh, and before I get into that point, uh, you are also an MP for Pansaris Pongal GRC and advisor, National Delivery Champions Association, National Private mm-hmm. Hire Vehicles Association, and National Taxi Association. I bring up your CV because you obviously would have a view to all these uh, platform uh, providers. You know where you you can be self-employed in that sense. A lack of medical and injury coverage. Any comments on that? You're absolutely right. I think, right, that our workers who are working on platforms are actually a sign of the steady evolution of the workforce. And as I think, right, the business models of many of these platforms that we are used to, you know, partnering with and doing business with, it is important, you know, as they settle down on eventually what their business model is looking at, like pertaining to how they treat their platform workers it is important that we consider several things. I think first thing first, you know, all of us have someone we know or perhaps someone that we read in the newspaper, you know, who actually went into a a terrible accident. Mm. Yeah, in the process of delivering food, you know, in the process of, you know, um, delivering our parcels. And 
if you think about this, this is actually a work condition that's here to stay. And it is a very popular type of, of job. And because of this, it is important uh, that as our um, delivery riders, you know, uh, work with the platforms that there's adequate coverage for them when it comes to accidents that happen. And accidents, right, that happen, the kind of coverage that needs to to, to be there to make sure that livelihoods are protected include not only medical coverage, but what happens during the time where they are out of action and their livelihoods are actually affected. Also, I think, right, at the same time, it is also important for us to be looking at better working conditions. For instance, if let's say one of our delivery riders uh, find themselves lost, able to find a wrongly keyed in address, a lot of times they don't really have a lot of ground support from the platforms to get that moving or to get that order done. So it is important that such, um, I would say, ground issues are brought up in a timely manner to the platforms and therefore we also seek for better representation for such workers in that case. In that case. Right. Let's talk about women for a moment. I mean, it has mm. a lot to do with gender roles at home, doesn't it? I mean, how household responsibilities are shared between men and women. Flexible work arrangements, if only offered to women and taken by women, actually work against women. So there needs to be a recognition that men and women need to be sharing these household responsibilities. Companies need to be equitable in terms of offering parental leave. We're talking here about not just maternity leave, but paternity leave as well. So how Mm -hmm. do you think you're actually going to make any headway here, considering that these are very complex issues? Well, Bharati, the interesting thing is um, a lot of people might not know this, but actually for the last 20 years or so, the unions have actually been advocating and pushing our employers to adopt flexible work arrangements. We believe, right, that this is actually an excellent way for us to be able to help women keep their jobs in the workforce, particularly if they need to be balancing their responsibilities at home now, with what they need to do in the workplace. But if it's and only offered to women or advocated for, no. for women specifically, that's a problem, right? So how are you making sure that employers also move towards increasing these benefits for men in order to send out that signal Thank you. that it needs to be an equal responsibility? You, I mean, right, Yeah, right now there are companies no. that offer a lot of paternity leave. I think the standard is... It's quite a huge disparity between what's offered to women versus what's offered to men, right? For instance. Well, well, Barati, flexible work arrangements isn't only um, something that benefits women, but it benefits, I would say, our workers. So it isn't just about women, it's for men and women. However, I would say, you know, because women bear now, you know, the current brunt of caregiving responsibilities, that's why we see a lot more women taking this up. However, I would say, right, that some of the, the things that we are concerned about is in the aftermath mm. of, you know, companies implementing flexible work arrangements. Um, for instance, you know, the, the whole work-life harmony issue. So one of the things that we have been doing over at the NTUC to address this is actually to provide our employers with tools to ensure that workers, whether or not you're male or female, are actually working at a level where you're comfortable with whether or not you're working at the office or at home, such that it balances out with what you need to do. And Bharati, it's interesting what you mentioned about how it is important that both sexes Mm. um, actually bear the fair share 
you know, of caregiving responsibility. And in fact, the whole entire last year, if you recall, it was the year of Singapore Women Development. Mm-hmm. And we had a number of conversations um, out. Uh, the unions had conversations, the women group has conversations with men and women alike. And this was something that was brought up and acknowledged by the men attendants, the male attendants yep. as well, that it is important that there is um, a even spread, a balance um, when it comes to, you know, taking up caregiving responsibilities. I, I think, right, another thing that we have also been trying to do is to allow women who have given up their jobs to re-enter into the workforce. Mm. And within this itself, several things that we're doing, um, we know that a lot of women have taken a long hiatus uh, when it comes to, you know, giving up their jobs, you know, because they have to take care of someone at home. You know, several of these reasons for them, um, you know, feeling a little bit uncomfortable entering entering the job uh, force again, the workforce again, has to do with not being confident, Mm. right? But generally lacking that kind of soft skills to be confident. The second one is actually lacking that hard skills, the technical skills. Because, you know, even if, let's say, you were doing communications, when you left seven years ago and now, you know, the world actually has moved on in the, in the way they consumed info, news and all that. And this is something that over the NTUC we seek to address um, through our training organizations, you know, we help women get, regain confidence through our mentoring networks that we do within the labor movement and with constituencies. We actually, you know, have helped women, you know, regain that confidence. Another one that uh, I had mentioned was about the upskilling. So we work with associations such as the Fashion and Textile Association. And what we do there is to offer women, you know, professionalized pathways uh, such as, you know, um, sewing, alteration and all that, so they can do it at home, but also at the same time have the dignity of a really good job. How do you get employers on board, though? Because while you're preparing workers, while you're doing work on the ground, I do know that a lot of employers are quite resistant to moves such as these, whether it comes to women or whether it comes to treating self-employed contractors fairly. There's quite a bit of resistance and they'll get away with it if they can. So what are you doing to move that needle? Well, Bharati, the interesting thing is that a lot of employers have come to us saying that they are needing workers. Mm. (laughs) So you see, the worker shortage is working in our favour, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) And within that itself, we've been seeing a lot of companies uh, taking up job redesign. And one of the things that the NTUC does is that we actually help them through the whole entire job redesign process. And this job redesign, you know, um, happens in several ways. I think one of the ways, right, is actually in the kind of flexible work uh, uh, hours that you can be looking at. Another way of looking at the, the flexible work arrangements is actually how do you, where is it that you actually, you know, work out of? Also, at the same time, we're looking at um, helping companies through this uh, whole job redesign process by also um, helping them to uh, I would say, um, piece out a job role such that the job roles, right, uh, wouldn't need a specific type of, let's say, a skill set. And it can be something that's opened up to more general skill sets. So these are all, you know, very, very easy and I would say very, very useful ways, you know, to create a win-win situation where the company gets, you know, the workers that they need, but also at the same time for women and I would say men, you know, to be able to re-enter 
uh, into the workforce. So then, what do you want to see from Budget 2022? How can Budget 22, uh, 2022 help NTUC's initiatives? Well, for me, it has to be for you know the self-employed workers. We're hoping that we are, we are able to better protect and represent um, our platform workers. Um, and I think right, uh, one major area where we hope to be able to make some moves on is actually looking at the long-term retirement adequacy as well as um, the long-term type of financial commitment uh, such as housing that our self-employed workers would be worried about. I think another one is actually in the area of women and family. You know, how is it that we help women get back into the workforce? And I would say in a particular way as well, you know, women who are single moms uh, get back to the workforce. And this would entail, for instance, helping companies with their job redesign process. Um, and also at the same time, perhaps having even more targeted job uh, matching assistance. All right. Thank you very much for that. Really appreciate your time today, Wan Ling. Uh, we have, of course, been talking all about efforts to help self-employed persons and women in Singapore. Budget 2022 hopefully will have some answers for us as well. Yo Wan Ling is Director of USME and You Women and Family NTUC. You stay safe and take care, Wan Ling. Thank you so much, Bharti. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.